0: One small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Columbia,
1: Columbia.
0: Welcome back to TKW Draft Season presented by the Knicks Wall. I am your co-host, Jess. I have my co-host, Nick. And, Mike, I'm just going to call you our co-host, too. You're the OG, man. Uh, We have Mike back. We've taken him back from the main pod. He's been away from us for far too long. It was time to get the crew back together. Yes. How, How are we, boys?
1: I've waited. This is the longest I've had to wait for draft season, but... I'm very happy we are here.
0: It, it it was a sad wait, but a good wait, you know?
1: Yeah, I, this was the first year I actually got immersed in Knicks basketball for longer than three months. It was a very weird feeling.
0: Bizarre feeling. Because Bizarre I was already feeling. getting
1: into draft season, like, you know, usually around the usual time, of like January, and that's, like, when the team took off. So very. It really
0: was like I was getting ramped up, like oh, maybe we'll start a few draft season pods here and there, and then I was like, oh, just kidding. Uh, The Knicks are good post All Star break, so we don't care about draft
1: season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I got two draft boards in, and then I think the winning streak happened, or they were just playing well overall, and I kind of just like dead it. I was Uh just like, I can't. Like I'm Uh too focused on Julius Randle having the best season. In recent memory, and RJ Barrett fulfilling everything we've said on this very podcast—the first season of draft season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Obi making us look at least competent in our very, evaluations.
1: Very. I have been uh, unsuccessful. Playoff play Obi.
0: Playoff Obi for sure.
1: I, I just my hope for next year is they actually use him correctly, or just I use still, him.
0: Period. I still want Obi. Like I think he's one of the players that most missed out on a regular G league type of relationship in terms of like being able to go down, come back up that type of thing. I still, yeah. Yeah. Summer league too. So a summer league of OB, maybe after summer league, I won't want him to go down to G league, but like I still think he's the type of dude that like will really benefit from the reps and that'll like only help him in that area.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think they were just—I don't know. Like, the middle did do a good job bringing him along, but at the same time, I felt like he didn't. Like when Obi had that great game four, or no, game three. I am sorry. Whatever game he had, nineteen minutes and he had a lot of points, his career high for points. The game after that, he played he, fifteen minutes. Like,
0: yeah,
1: it was just like very weird. It's like when he was clicking, when he finally got it clicking. They didn't put their foot on the gas when they really should have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess our goal now is to to have some more correct takes for uh for this <laughs> year. Uh past two episodes, Nikki and I have kind of looked at a more broad view at the draft. We had to get arcade takes in. I'm sorry you weren't there as uh, the number number one, a, or B of you and Nick of, of the Cade stands, but uh, you know, how to get those in, but now it's time to, uh to really get into the Knicks and like we've brought up, it's, it's bizarre not being able to kind of pick of the top, I guess we'll say eight because of OB like top eight guys of like who we want most, because that's just not the situation the Knicks are in this year. And, We really have to think about, like, who these other teams are going to pick to be able to dive into who we think the Knicks might be able to get. Um, It's just a very, very different situation.
1: Yeah, no, and it's very bizarre that we kind of know exactly what the team needs, more or less. Usually we go in here with, like, a blank canvas approach where it's just like, let's just take somebody that's really good at basketball, but – Mm-hmm. Now they actually have a couple people that are good at basketball.
2: I I actually don't know if I agree with that, Mike. I mean, I agree right. that they have a couple guys that are good at basketball, mm-hmm. but I I still we're gonna spend most of this podcast talking about what their needs are. I still mm-hmm. feel like it's kind of a weird place where they can improve literally anything other than RJ and, and Julius Randle. But also, they don't really need anything. I, I guess point guard aside, which we'll talk about if the draft is where where we want to see that upgrade.
1: Yeah, I think I think guard obviously that's self explanatory. With Alfred Payton having to watch that for seventy two games was more than enough. But I think wing talent too, though. I think whether not even like as a star player, obviously that's the goal you want a, a wing player that scores twenty plus a game. But even just a good shooter, kind of just what Reggie Bullock was, just a little more. If that makes any sense, just because I feel like Reggie, they just exhausted every bit of what Reggie could have given them, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think I brought this up in our first or second pod. It's like, usually in the Knicks situation in a draft, you're looking to upgrade a starter position being high in the draft. This, would it be great to get a starter? Sure. But like, you're almost doing just as well if you just upgrade a bench position. Like, mm-hmm. Really, they just they need to upgrade, like, Kevin Knox and Frank and, like, the dudes that aren't playing anyways. If you can just get an upgrade from them, like, I think that's a win, especially where they are in the draft.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I want to get your guys' take on this as well because everyone feels that since Thibodeau's here and just especially after 41 wins with that roster, that there's no way in hell Thibodeau's going to coach three more rookies next year but i think if they are going to be on the bench which right now if you projected the starting lineup for next season you probably have 4 or 5 four out of the five slots solidified maybe even the starting lineup completely solidified so i don't know if punting three draft picks just to say you don't want three rookies is necessarily the smartest approach i think actually bringing them along like that kind of like obian quickly this year could actually work out much better in the long run
0: And like we talked about pre-recording, like hopefully, I mean, they're going to get a full summer league and then hopefully the G league schedule goes back to where it's easier for guys to be brought back and forth. And if you are a team that has three rookies, like that's invaluable time that they can still get reps, you know, that's invaluable time for OB and quickly, especially summer league to get those reps too. Um, so I think that'll only help them as
2: well. And this is also something we've talked about, Jess, but I, I could very well see with those picks, you may take a guy that has a little more experiences, that's a little more NBA ready, that may not have as high a ceiling, but you can, you're confident he can get some bench minutes in his rookie year. And then with, enough, with the other first round pick, you may take a guy that's more of a project or, or may need some more development time in the G
1: League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. my my dream right now, if you had to dream draft, and I definitely want to get Nick's take on one of these guys, but like right now if I had to fantasy book keep them keeping three picks, it'd probably be Sharif at nineteen, Usman twenty one, and then BJ Boston with the second round pick. And for BJ, I would really want him to spend the full season in the G League. Kind of do what Keldon Johnson did. Mm-hmm. If anyone got to see Keldon Johnson for San Antonio. He went there as like a little worm, and then he came back as like a butterfly. It's insane. Like just his whole body changed. It was, it was really. I didn't recognize him at first.
0: Mike, you just want you just want the Kentucky Knicks so bad, and I just hate every goddamn minute of it.
1: (laughs) It's Uh, working so far. It's off to a strong start.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. I can't deny it. Man, Bj Boston just. That Kentucky year it's just really messing with me in terms of like how I feel about him as a prospect.
1: Yeah, it's uh, – Calipari kind of – I don't know if it was a veiled threat. He had like a weird press conference at the end of the season where he was like either you're going to put in the work or you're not type of thing, but he did say B.J. was a gym rat and he also mentioned quickly in that little rant where it was like kind of like questioning B.J., or just the team at large, it was, like I said, it was very, very odd. Yeah.
0: I mean, he also had Ashton Higgins, uh graduate a year early, and now he's not even there anymore. <laughs> like, I think that was their main issue was, like, Ashton Hagen's is their starting point guard as a – maybe he was 18-year-old, uh, but, like, still had one year left of high school. And I think that that was their main issue. But, hey – point guard issues, just like the Knicks. Maybe they really are just the Kentucky Knicks. I don't
1: know. No, no. That's why I think (laughs) that's why I want to address like if they, even if they don't hold still, I feel like point guard is something they could get done here just because I don't think a Lillard trade is happening. I don't think Alonzo signing is even necessarily happening right now either. Like I can see a Spencer, a Spencer Dinwiddie would make more sense but even then, you might want, like, a point guard.
0: Yeah. All right. So, let, let, let's get into that then. So, I think we've all established and, and agree that point guard is the Knicks' number one need. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to say yeah. I, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm pausing is I really think the wing was, like, an underrated weakness for this team
0: everyone wants wings, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's what the NBA is right <laughs> now. Right. Is just like wanting, wanting wings. Um, but let's, let's hone in on, on point guard for right now. And we, we've established it's a need. My question is, and we were kind of just, you were kind of touching on it just then is, do you want it to come from the draft or do you want to try to get it elsewhere? I think unfortunately I think Lonzo may have played his way out of being able for the Knicks to be able to get him the Dame thing. I don't know. That him saying he wants J Kidd, and then J Kidd almost immediately saying he doesn't <laughs> want it. How funny was that? <laughs> like first of all can can, can you hit up J Kid before you say that or something? I don't know, but I also don't know why he wanted J-Kid, but that's a a whole other conversation. That is
1: the much more alarming question.
0: (laughs) Um, So for me personally, that's where I want. I wanted the Knicks to get a more established point guard, a more experienced point guard, whether it be through trade or free agency. As the options seem to probably start dwindling down, that's when I would rather go with like a Chris Duarte from Oregon who has been in college for multiple years, is an older guy, and I just think he could come in ready to contribute. Um, what do you guys think about that? Either of you, Nick, you go.
2: Um I wouldn't hate Duarte I mean it's 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 a fairly well let's back regular. up would
0: you would you rather go draft way or would you rather go trade slash free agency for a point guard
2: it really depends on what that market looks like um personally I really like some of these point guard prospects and I also don't think it has to be one or the other mm-hmm. I, I I think you can draft Sharif Cooper and also not be expecting him to be your starting point guard this year Mm-hmm. And still bring in Lonzo Kyle Lowry if they want one of those guys or, or whatever it looks like that especially if it's an older guy and somebody that's not going to be a long term option necessarily, even like what, what Rose was this year, I mean they're, they're gonna have be options. And I, I think there are a couple good good point guard prospects in the draft. It depends on one of the hard things that we've talked about comparing this year's Knicks draft to others is we really we really don't have a good idea of who will be available and because guys will fall and we don't know that yet but I I definitely wouldn't hate like a, a train man type where again you, you might be able to get some some bench minutes there immediately and then also sure of, I mean the Alfred Payton improvement is going to be an improvement no matter who it is. So a, a starting point guard that is literally from any other team in the NBA will be better than Alfred Payton. So you improve that and, and bring a young guard off the bench to develop that that you draft. I, I think that's the way I would go with it.
1: Yeah, it's – I think it's, it's annoying that free agency happens after the draft because I don't – because the names they've been connected to so far have been, like, underwhelming. Like, Dennis Schroeder is a good player, but I do not want to pay him – like $20 million to be Dennis Schroeder, you know? So, like, I would much rather just bring Rose back. I do think they're going to swing big initially. Let me just say that. I think they are going to go after Chris Paul, even though I doubt he's going to leave Phoenix. They are going to go after Lowry, even though he might be better off in Philly or anywhere else that's a little closer for a title. And then, like I said, you get to, like, Lonzo, who you might have to get in a bidding war over. So, like, the opportunity cost might not be there versus where you could just sign Derek Rose maybe another veteran backup on a cheaper deal. And then, like, as Nick said, draft Sharif Cooper. I think they have enough picks and enough cap space where they can actually take a swing in the draft mm-hmm. and really, like, try and get, like, a home run pick. And, I like, I want to learn more about Cooper because, like as I have said, I'm getting more into their tape and games because, obviously, the YouTube highlights alone for Cooper is pretty much everything I wanted, and I'm pretty sure everything Thibodeau would want out of Alfred Payton a playmaking guard who doesn't like, doesn't have to rely on RJ and Randall to do everything.
2: Also just an elite, elite alley-oop thrower. Elite. Just one one of the best lob throwing prospects I've ever seen. And the idea of him throwing those to Mitchell Robinson and Obi. Magical. uh,
1: Wildly entertaining in my mind. I got hooked on him or sold, which is, I feel stupid, but this is also the same reasoning I fell for RJ. Sharif had played Anthony Edwards in high school. And Anthony Edwards started out hot because he's just naturally better than everybody else. And Cooper started off by getting his teammates involved. And as the game progressed, he started to take over. And once he took over, like the gym started to lose their minds. I was just like, he'd like just him being able to be at that young of an age. Read the game, ease into it, and then just take over. I thought that was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think all of TKW, at least TKW Slack, is is in on Sharif. Um, and there, I mean, there are a few other point guards like Nick. Do you have anyone else? Like, I know you said you you like this class in terms of point guards. Who? who I know we love Sharif. Like who knows? I don't know if he's doing combine or not, but he could very easily shoot up boards. So who who are the other guys that that you like in this class?
2: Yeah, I mentioned Trey Mann, who not necessarily like a, a pure point guard, but I think he'd be an interesting an interesting option. People really like him. I'm not as high on him as others, but I think for the value, if if he's there, would be a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden Spring, Jaden Springer is someone I absolutely love. And he has seemingly fallen a little, a little lower. Whereas at some point he was a consensus lottery, top 10 type, you know, bottom of the 10 bottom eight, eight, nine, 10 type prospect. Now he's, he's projected to be available early into the twenties. And that's a guy that I think has a crazy upside that if he's there, that that value would be something I absolutely love. And that's another guy I, I just really like. I wrote it published today. I wrote about Deuce McBride, who is a uh, just a very Thibodeau type, like gritty, hard nosed just incredibly, incredibly active defender that just has some of the greatest defensive reads and, and makes so many plays just by getting his hands on balls and being in passing lanes and that's a guy that maybe not at at 19 or 21 but maybe that's a guy in the second round you look at or if you trade down you look at cuz that's somebody that seemingly would be able to contribute at least defensively next year and offensively he's got got a really good jumper and and, and a fantastic pull-up game which are things that would probably translate into some some decent bench bench scoring and that's somebody I would I would love to
1: see the Knicks take for for those reasons. What's going yeah. with Josh Giddy? By the way, I
0: oh Michael, I, Michael, Michael, Michael. Because
1: I'm looking at a lot of mock drafts. He's hovering. He's going earlier than the next pick, but he's hovering.
0: Let me let me hit on Deuce for a second, and then we can yeah. get into Giddy. Okay. Uh, I feel like going from Bob Huggins to Tom Thibodeau is like almost this like seamless transition, right? Like I feel like West Virginia has always prided itself on the defensive end of the ball. And I feel like Deuce McBride would just kind of seamlessly fit into a tip system. That's really all I have to say about him. But I think it would be very cool to get him. Um now Josh Giddy. Oh my I just I I think at this point if you've listened to draft season you know my love for the NBL so so that's a that's a check mark for him in and of itself. I just I think he does a little bit of everything he got a couple triple doubles in the NBL this year um and I have a wild like, what I think he could be. And I'm not ready to, to, to say that I'm, I'm not ready. I mean, Nick probably can figure out who I'm thinking, um, but I'm, I'm not ready to put that in public, but man, if he is who I think he could be basically, he just needs to work on the jump shot. And I think he's there. Um, I just, I love him, but I will be shocked if he, like, I know draft boards don't have him as high, but I just, I don't think people are watching the tape yet. I don't think they're at that point yet. Uh, if you're not Alonzo, if you're not an RJ Hampton, I don't think they were going out of their way to watch NBL tape. Or did I say LaMelo if I said Alonzo? I don't know, but um, <clears throat> I just don't think people realize it yet that his, I think his upside is incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean 6'8 or whatever, yeah, 6'8 like and if he can pass like that i am I'm, I'm very intrigued i want to see more though
0: he just he need he's the to improve the jump shot but i i like the form i think it's there and yeah i am as they say giddy for giddy <laughs> that is...
1: Is there does he have like a classic draft knock like perceive slow footness or anything else that's
0: uh i don't know uh because really the only one I've heard talk about him, but he loves him too is the because he's Mm -hmm. in Australia and like watching him a lot and calls him, what does he call him? There's something about being the Australian Timothy Chalamet and who, you know, is also a number one boy in my book. So it's just, it's all wins for Giddy for, for me. Uh, But like the announce, like he just has like the announcers love him over there. Like if you listen to like play by plays, like, they just – he's, like, electric for them, and he's, he's, like, the next big thing, right? And I just – I think he's I, – I just love his game.
1: Well, I mean, that's somebody – that's definitely somebody on my radar, along with Sharif, and then, obviously, Jared Butler, and then, as Nick mentioned, Jaden Springer. I'm surprised Springer has fallen. I don't understand why. Even Tennessee, when I did the draft court, he stuck out.
0: I think people – I, I don't think Tennessee did well with him and with Keon. Like, I don't think they played them the right way. At least – definitely in the beginning of the season, they didn't. I just no. – I, I don't know. I I don't think – I don't think they got enough – I don't know if it's – they didn't get enough spotlight. I, I don't know what it is. But, yeah, he's definitely, like, kind of dropped on draft boards from the beginning of the season. And Tennessee just, like, wasn't that good. Yeah, but he –
2: I, I think he's dropped off draft boards even since the season has ended, which I really don't understand. Because you're right, his usage was was bad at, at Tennessee. He was not used well. But even since the season, ended, I don't I don't know I don't really I don't have know how draft board... it, I I feel like he's dropped quite a bit.
0: I don't know how draft boards change from the end of the season at this point. We haven't seen anything. I mean, maybe it's just people actually watching more tape and really all it is, is them admitting that they haven't watched people as much as they're trying to let on. Like how can your draft board change between the season ending and now when like it hasn't been the combine yet. It hasn't been anything unless you're finally watching people play, which to me that says more than you're not watching Springer tape. You're watching the other dudes that you're putting above him.
1: Yeah, and it's just weird because Springer, he looks better when you look like – if you just Googled his stats, you're not really going to be blown away. But if you watch him, you're like, oh, he can definitely become a very good NBA player versus – I don't know. Like people that drop like that, at least my guess, in addition to what you just said, Jess, is probably just cold feet. Like someone like AO I can see falling a little bit. Just because people start to second guess, it's like, oh, can he – shoot good enough to justify being an iso player mm-hmm. that type of stupid stuff which i by the way I, I would love ao in new york as well but i am give one me, of the
0: people that's a little give, nervous give, about me AO, AO, honestly. give me ao i just is it,
1: what is it with you with it like is it just because I have have? like i've heard people say i don't know if he's a point guard or shooting guard
0: that i don't love the way he shoots i feel like every time he shoots it looks like a heat check the way he does that like to hop thing after he shoots you know what i'm talking about like it just it always looks like he's shooting a heat check i just don't love that uh i guess that's really my only knock on him i mean I watched illinois a lot near the end of the season just because of like the big 10 tournament and stuff and he is good don't get me wrong i just don't have him super high
1: right i feel like he's also getting like that i don't know why people do this on it's mostly draft twitter i don't think teams do this where it's like if a player is good in college we saw a little bit of obi it's like good college players is like an indicator for being or a counter indicator of being a good nba player now yeah in a way which is like it's, I like, it's, like, be, it's like garza be right yeah exactly Luca, i don't i can't stand him but that's just <laughs> because i am a Rutgers fan yeah but yeah, like Luca's another example. Hansborough's like the classic example and kind of ended up being right.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, when I also think when, you, when you're looking at someone like AO, something that Jess and I talked about on last week's pod was the kind of recency bias or overreaction to, to tournament results. I think you see that with AO. I also think you see the other way, which people are worried whether it's a small sample size thing or an overreaction to his end of the year performance in a, in a good way that they're like well maybe that's not sustainable that's not you know we we overreacted to that so let's drop him back down a little
1: bit yeah which that that would annoy me just because maybe as I saw him more than anyone else just because of the big 10 but every game I saw of him he's kind of just been the same guy in a good way like you know what you get with AO.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I feel it He also feels small to me, but it also could be because he was playing against, like, what's his name
1: there? Uh, Kofi. Kofi Yeah, let's say Kofi's Kofi's (laughs) like a a monstrosity. Anyone look tiny next to him.
0: They would imagine him playing against Isaiah in high school because that's what they did.
1: What? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Because Kofi... That it was his second year for Kofi, so <laughs> Kofi played. I think he played for the Reds and Isaiah for the Rocks. Obviously, yeah. Imagine them battling it out.
1: I was about to say that's like
0: mountain versus mountain, wild. man. Yeah. <laughs> mountain that's versus the wild. hound.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's exactly what that <laughs> is. I would love to see who won that rebounding battle.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So we touched on on point guard. Let Let's uh Let's move to to wing as you brought up Mike. So, like I said, I mean, I think every NBA team is looking for that next wing, right? Like that's just, that's just where the league is. If you have that really good wing that can both, you know, create for themselves, create for others, defend, like you're just looking for that all around guy. Um, Do you think the Knicks can find that player where they're at? Do we think they should maybe think about packaging some stuff to move up? What, what do you think the the kind of, like, course of action should be for them?
1: This is where next thing, where, they, where Nick mentioned they can upgrade anything to upgrade, where, like, there's not a specific need. I think the wing in particular is like that. Mm-hmm. And well, we said this before we started recording, but... You see someone like Moses Moody or um, even Corey Kispert because Corey Kispert's high on draft boards, but I can definitely see. He's definitely dropped a little bit, I think. Yeah. I've seen him like as high as seven and then low as like 13 right now. Mm -hmm. But he's somebody I can see like just being completely overvalued by mock drafts and slipping. And that's exactly what the Knicks do need though. They just need a guy that can hit 45% of his threes.
2: Yeah, this is where I would like to see the Knicks if they keep both of those. Like I said, maybe you take a guy like Sharif with a with a really high ceiling. Then your second pick, you just take your your role player prototype. Whether if, if Kispert fell, that would probably be the best case scenario of the, of those kind of guys. I, you know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is someone that I don't know positionally is a, a perfect fit, but like. Just the Villanova smart role player, big wing.
0: Like, yeah.
2: I'm that, a little bit... kind of... Oh, go going to finish. Go ahead.
0: I'm a little disappointed that like someone like Booknight has seemed to like jump off draft boards, which again, I don't know why. Nothing has changed. I, I literally think it's just because people started watching UConn tape, but it sounds like Booknight starting to kind of jump off, jump up people's boards. I think he would be a really good addition um again like a second year guy so a little bit more experience can get to the rim when he wants and it's just like a really good playmaker i think
1: i saw zaire williams to the knicks a lot Mm -hmm. i saw his tape and then i saw his stats and i was very confused but this doesn't look like if you just watched his youtube highlights yeah you would have never guessed that he shot 29% from three. I was, I don't know. Is it just, did he not play enough at Stanford or I don't know. He looked good on tape. Like he would be something he'd fit like that role player kind of role that I was looking for.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's what, like six, eight, six, like 10 wingspan. He, he's super, super skinny. Doesn't have that like big build, but, Um, I think he was kind of going between like knowing when to get his own shot and like when to facilitate. I think maybe that's where a little bit of like the usage is coming in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he could very well be just again, a solid role player, not trying to hit a home run, just like get someone who can come in and contribute. Um, and then, for me, in terms of like other wings, I mean, you talked about BJ Boston, uh, maybe even like an Aaron Henry for Michigan State, but like, I don't like his shot, so I don't know if that's who I'm looking for. I mean, I, I'm a broken record at this point. Every year I've done draft season, I've just asked the Knicks to get shooting. I'm still gonna ask the Knicks to get shooting. It's pretty simple. That's what I want. Um, And if they can add to that, great. and it's funny because, like, with the quickly pick, like, looking at his workouts and stuff, I hated, hated his shooting form. I just felt like it took him five minutes to get a shot off. But, and it still does, but, like, it somehow works. So, like, I'm not going to complain about it. And he hits some of those crazy, like, deep threes and stuff, and it's great, and it's just – I, I just – I need more shooting on the Knicks. That's what I
1: need. Who do you think is more likely to fall out of, the like Kispert? I don't think Moody's ever going to fall to 19. I think the Knicks would have to, like, move up. hmm Like, how likely – I guess when I say Moody falling, I think Moody's easily one of the 10 best players I've seen during the year. Mm-hmm. So... What's the lowest you think you could see them falling? Because I'm trying to target of, like... So, I think the Knicks could really package, because 19, 21, and 30... Was it 32? Yeah. That's That's not a bad offer if you're trying to move up a couple spots to, like, 12... To the 12 to 15 range.
0: Yeah. Uh... I think... Moody... I think I've seen as low as... I think when I was looking at ESPN they had him at like 18 on their latest like I think it was just like a big board type thing. Um he was around the same area as uh like book night that I talked about Trey man Sharif they have at 20. Um and like some of the guys that they have ranked higher, I don't know if I do. Like Franz uh, Wagner, I'm very confused on. I think a lot of people I'm, are.
1: Yeah, I, I know he's good, but I don't want him on the team. But
0: I like don't believe it almost I like yeah. I don't know. And but again, maybe that's recency bias because of the tournament. Isaiah uh, Jackson, I don't know if I have him as high as like other boards do. He would be the resident expert <laughs> since he's <laughs> a fucking dude. He, he
1: is he is he's solid. He's solid. Okay. But not um,
0: the and then we have, and then ESPN has three straight international dudes from 13 to 15 and Giddy Spurgeon and uh, Usman Garuba, who I, kn- I know you both love group uh, Usman. So it- it's going to be inter- like, it's hard. Like I just, I think first we need to get, we need to get to the lottery, right. And see what the lottery looks like. Cause that will change things. Maybe not in the top two or three, but definitely in that four to 10 range could change a lot. Um, and then, yeah, like I said in the beginning, like we really need to think about like what these other teams actually need. Will they go on need? Will they go plus best player available? Stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of flexibility. And I think it all comes down to if they make a big trade. Because Derico said they have big plans. So if if they have big plans, it's probably going to have to involve a trade at this point. And obviously a trade, it's predicated on using all those draft picks that they had. If it's like the main talking point for the last three years is the Knicks have five first round picks over the next three drafts. So I feel like you kind of want to either use them or use them in a big trade. So there's flexibility to go and, sucks that free agents like i said free agency the free agency was before this i feel like this draft's easy cake but yeah. now it's the, but it does also on the flip side like i said flexibility and moving up for like a kiss or a moody or anyone else that might fall the lottery i feel like would give you the same value as a strong free agent signing
0: yeah that's true i yeah i don't know like I just feel like anytime I think about like the big free possible free free agents or possible trade targets, like, yes, the Knicks have a lot again. And I think it also goes back to what you kind of alluded to, which is, will Tibbs really want a team of like three more rookies when he barely played, like, I mean, no, he did play quick and he did play Obi, but like not at a very high usage, like.
1: Yeah, there was a clearly a shorter leash for both Quickly and Toppin.
0: So, like, adding three more rookies? Not, I don't think it's a bad thing, but, like, even if they do, how will Tibbs use them? I don't know if he will. Like, I just – he does not. But, again, if they're better than, like, a Knox, if they're better than Frank.
1: Right, who also didn't play at all. So, it's like – that's why I think if there is a possibility where that exists just because Frank and Knox – maybe got five minutes like every three games Mm -hmm. which is like something a rookie get but at the same time that's not really great development either Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it's like a catch 22 there but i don't know i really feel like they're trying to make that big move first but i don't know it's gonna be very interesting i'll say that
0: yeah um is there anything else you want to touch on in terms of of needs
1: i guess i will Backup center is like a very weird position to like forecast right now just because I don't know if New Orleans is gonna come back. I don't know what the deal with Mitch is. Like, are they gonna to look to move on from him? So I feel like what the team wants to do there could would really dictate how they use those other two picks. Because if they do want to address backup center, maybe they go for more like the Durate, like you said. At guard, instead of going for like the kind of not reach, but you know, the higher ceiling, possibly lower for Sharif.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people talk about how, especially in today's game, like you can always go out and get a backup center.
1: Right. Exactly. In the market, like there's
0: there's always going to be one in the market, right? So, shit, you could probably even get like a an undrafted free agent if you really want, you know, like you don't have to use a draft pick on, on, on that, uh, position. I don't think.
1: Yeah. Having said that, I would absolutely love Usman Garuba to watch rock some orange and blue next year.
0: Of course. Of course, man. It's going to be interesting. Going to be an interesting next few weeks. Um, it's, it's going to come quick, you know, the, obviously the, the playoffs are in full swing here, but before we know it, it's going to be time for the combine and the lottery and we'll go from there. Um, uh, I think in term for us, in terms of draft season, we might break it down a little bit more in the coming weeks. I think maybe one week talk specifically about guards, then talk specifically about bigs and, uh, keep it going. Mike, you are always always welcome to (laughs) pop on, of course.
1: Yeah, we got to get Joe on here. We got to get our guy Nardone.
0: My man Nardone. Speaking of, everyone check out Bump the Cutter, both the newsletter and the podcast, which I am now co-host of, which is pretty fun. Uh, We got to talk about Coach K this week, which was funny. Uh,
1: What was okay? I got it. I didn't.
0: (laughs) It's yeah. It just got posted actually yesterday after we recorded. yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. I'll um, never
1: forgive him for just botching RJ and Zion.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'll we,
1: never get over that.
0: We we did touch on that in talking Coach K. He just completely used them wrong, but it's never Coach K's fault. So it's always someone else's <laughs> fault.
1: Yeah, I, I I know this is like drafty, but like Coach K is a good coach. I'm not trying to say that, but don't you guys think like Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like him that much. But I feel like he's just so overhyped. Like, at some point, he became a brand. Yeah. And, and we that. touched
0: on this and talking about, like, there were a few years a while ago. Like, I don't know how long ago. Where, like, Duke, like, sucked. Like, they very easily could have fired K. And they just didn't.
1: Like the Greg Paulus years?
0: Mm, maybe that's what he was talking about. Yeah. Uh
1: I remember those were dark.
0: I also just like don't want the whole Coach K farewell tour. Like I'm just, I don't want to. Yeah, see I just that. don't
1: like him. I don't know <laughs> what it is about. I just I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hence the difference between Roy Williams and Shostakovsky.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still, yeah. It's just, I don't know.
1: It's weird. No, my, weird, my, weird. My loyalty is to Cal, and I feel like. Coach whole corner. Ugh. I know, but I, I know I am aware that Coach Cal is not a great coach, like a great X's and O's coach.
0: He just believes in platoons, Mike. That's it. Uh,
1: yeah, he's he'd be a great like soccer <laughs> or hockey, rather. Yeah, there you go. He's just. But I love Cal. Cal's my guy. But... <laughs> coach K. Oh, I don't know. I feel like Jay Wright. Jay Wright is what Coach K people think Coach K is.
0: I I like that comparison. Yeah yeah all right well that's all I have guys is there anything else you want to touch on in terms of of needs we good we good at
1: the moment I, I'm gonna dive into some tape when you guys start getting into like specific prospects I definitely want to circle back yeah
0: like Nick like Nick mentioned his profile just came out yes and check then, that out Um, I'm sure I haven't seen the schedule but I'm sure more and more are gonna be coming out now
1: well I think Eli has Sharif Cooper coming up and i can't remember everyone else off the top of my head but that was like the one i was really looking
0: i felt bad when reed asked like what's the list of prospects that like we should write about for uh profiles Because it's like reed we don't know here's 20 names (laughs) (laughs) yeah hopefully hopefully we hit on two of them maybe yeah
1: I'm i'm
2: mad i'm a little mad i didn't get to write sharif
1: yeah it was it was a tough one that was like i think that one was taken off the board because every year for people want to get behind the scenes real quick we kind of just put together like an excel sheet of prospects it's kind of just like a free-for-all of just like calling a prospect and this year sharif went pretty quick i would say the quickest anyone's ever gone since i got zion yeah and and um,
2: I was able to go get, write the first one, and I, I wasn't ready to do Sharif, so I had to go. But I, I'm, I'm happy. I can't wait to read that profile. I, I wrote about Sharif and, and Jaden Springer, a couple other guys in my macro profile. I know you've done a couple big boards, Mike.
1: Which was based off that great breakdown, actually, because that really put me on to Springer. Because uh, like Tennessee is not that exciting of a team. I'll only see them when they face Kentucky, and then face Kentucky at that time. And that putting them on the map for me. So thank you, sir.
0: Joe. Well, catch us all on Twitter. Obviously catch us all, you know, make sure you're following the next wall. Obviously I don't know how you're here. If you're not, uh, read all the profiles we've got coming at you. Um, Mike, what are you you're at? Cortez era. Is that what you're still, yep, you're at, still there. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> you also have a fresh TKW email if anyone wants to email you.
1: Yes, Cortez S- at the baby.
0: Set that up. Pretty proud of myself. <laughs> Got that going. That. Um yep. You can uh catch me at Jron44, Nick at not the fake nc with a medium amount of underscores since Nick doesn't <laughs> like when I say a lot of all the underscores. Just it's just a, a me it's a medium amount of underscores it's the
2: appropriate amount and also it's, not the uh, with no underscores just looks wild <laughs> it's
0: just you know oh yeah well because yeah you got a, a double t there you gotta you know that's not my fault that you just <laughs> had the cop svp's game but uh yeah that's it for us guys catch us on next draft season and yeah we'll catch you later
1: peace